we've been journeying through the Old Testament of specific places of where God has demonstrated a mighty victory in the lives of His people. And so today we're going to look at probably one of the greatest experiences that the Israelites have ever experienced in their life. Very familiar with this passage of Scripture as we began talking about of when Moses lifted up that rod and there he parted the Red Seas through the power of Almighty God and the way that God demonstrated his love and his power. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been placed in a position of where you felt like you were all boxed in? I mean, you think about it. It's amazing of some of the things that we say that describes that type of position, that we're all boxed in. It seems like that you don't know which way to turn. If you turn to the right, you're doomed. You turn to the left, you're doomed. You you go forward or backward, you're doomed. It seems like that there is no answer to your problems. It's amazing of some of the things that we call that. Sometimes we call it, our back is up against the wall. Or uh, where some might would even say that we're up the creek without a paddle. Uh, so it's amazing that we find ourselves in those positions that we're in a jam. And we don't know what to do. Well, I think what you would call yourself is that you're in a predicament. A predicament, a catch-22. And I don't know of anyone that was in greater, much of a predicament than the children of Israel, that when they faced the Red Sea, and there, of course, was Pharaoh and his army coming after them. Can you imagine being in that situation? Can you imagine leaving their Egypt and now going into a place where they thought they were going to have freedom and they were going to have milk and honey and all that comes with it. And yet now they're faced with a terrible, terrible predicament. You talking about A catch-22. This is a catch-22 of all the catch-22s. And so it's amazing of the situation. So, bringing us up to the place of where they're at, I'd like for you to take your Bibles, and I'd like for you to turn with me to Exodus 14. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Exodus 14, verses 1 and and two. You may be in a predicament today. It might be a marriage. You're finding you're in a situation and you don't know what to do. Maybe maybe some children in your life. That something is happening and you don't know what to do. It may be finances and you're faced with the situation that there's not enough money at the end of the month. And there you find yourself in a terrible, terrible predicament. What in the world do you do? You say, well, we just got to trust God. Well, how do you trust God in those situations? 
As somebody says, that's easier said than done sometimes. But how do you trust the Lord in those situations? Well, I think the Lord gives us some advice here in this passage of Scripture as we're going to look at. Would you stand with me? Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. And I like for us to pick up the story there at this particular chapter. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hiroth between Migdal and the sea opposite of Baal-Zippon. You shall camp before it by the sea. Father, in Jesus' name, We come before your mighty presence today, asking you that you will give us an understanding and an enlightenment, that when we're faced with a predicament that we don't know what to do, Lord, that you would give us instructions of what to do. And so, Father, I pray that today that your scripture and your spirit will speak loud and clear to us today. For we ask this in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want you to get the picture. Here is Moses and the children of Israel. And there they look before them. And there's the Red Sea. To the north, there's the Egyptian fortresses. Massive massive stone structures that they could not attack even if they wanted to. They looked to the south. And there's the Egyptian desert. And there in that Egyptian desert, there is nothing. Dry land, no way to escape, no food, no protection, no water. They looked to the west and there is Pharaoh coming right on the heels of this mighty exodus out of Egypt. And then they look. There they look into the east. There's the Red Sea. There's the Red Sea. What do you do in a predicament like this? What in the world can you do when you look to the north, you look to the south, you look to the west, you look to the east, and you're blocked in? And you don't know what to do. It was a catch-22. And so as you begin to look at this passage of story, that I believe that this story happened exactly the way that it says that it happened. I remember hearing about this story, this uh, very intelligent theologian. And uh, he was describing this story to uh, a bunch of farmers. They were not educated men and women. But uh, he was describing this story that really that wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea. And the water was ankle deep. One of those guys jumped up and says, well, praise God, that's one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. He said, you mean to tell me you're impressed with that story? He said, yes. He said, it's amazing of how God drowned all those Egyptians in ankle-deep water. (laughs) Well, friend, I believe it happened exactly the way that it said that it happened. That the waters rolled back. And there on dry land, those Israelites 
crossed over to the other side. And then, of course, the dam of God's hand broke and those waters came back down and drowned all those Egyptian soldiers. So what in the world do you do when you find yourself in a predicament? May I suggest to you three things this morning. Three things that you should write down and never, ever forget. Because, friend, I promise you, if you haven't already been in a predicament like these people have, you will maybe one day. And you're going to want to know what exactly that you should do. We're going to look in the Scriptures and we're going to find these answers. Number one, go where God tells you and leads you to go. Go where God leads you to go. Go back to chapter 13 and verse 18. Now keep in mind of the history of the Israelites. They had been living in Egypt for 430 years. Can you imagine? They had forgotten that they served a mighty God, Yahweh. For 430 years, they had lived in slavery. 430 years, they thought themselves as Egyptians, really, not as Israelites. They had not become Israelites at this particular time. Oh, I want you to understand, for 430 years, they had lived in the bondage of slavery. And now we come. Chapter 13, verse 18. There they're faced with that predicament. And the Bible tells us in verse 18, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. Did you get that? God led the people. It was not by happenstance. It was not by coincidence that they were exactly where they were at at this particular time. They had not made a miscalculation, but God led them. Back then, they had what we call today GPS. God positioning system. God positioned them in the exact place, in the exact particular area that He wanted them to be. God had purposely brought them to a dead end. Now, you might want to ask the question, why did God do that? Why in the world would God put them in a position where they had nowhere to turn? They had nowhere to turn but to Him. And there you find that that's exactly where God wanted them to be. God wanted them to come to a point and place to exercise what we call today in the New Testament faith. And sometimes you will never exercise faith until you're placed in a predicament that you don't have anything else but faith. God placed them and put them in that position. I want to remind you that when you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you enter into a school, a classroom, and it's called the classroom of faith. And the professor is God Himself. 
And over and over and over again, you will find that God will uniquely put you in a position, place you in a situation where you find yourself having to trust God and to trust Him with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. God will lead you to a place of despair. He'll lead you to a place of desperation so that He can lead you to a place of dependence. Every morning, you should get up and your feet should hit the ground as you're signing the declaration of dependence upon God this day. This day. And that God is leading me and He is directing me. Friend, I want you to understand, you cannot cross the Red Sea and experience the tremendous miracle as the Red Sea unless you come to the Red Sea. And so therefore, God uniquely places you in a position so that He can demonstrate His power, His love, and His care for you. And so number one, when you find yourself in a predicament and you don't know where to turn and you don't know what to do, you don't know who to look to, my friend, I want to remind you, go where God leads you to go. But number two, look in chapter 14, verse 13. Do what God tells you to do. Do what God tells you to do. I can almost imagine, think for a moment, here's the children of Israel. They had listened to their commander, Moses. And there they had left Egypt. There they were in a place of security, even though it was bondage. They had food to eat and water to drink, and there was security. And now, they are confronted with the Red Sea. There to the north is the fortresses of the Egyptians, and there they certainly cannot go. There, as they look to the west, they see themselves there at the uh, of the uh, desert, and there's no place to go. I can almost hear, or I imagine that they can hear the hoofs of those horses as they're beginning to trounce. And there they began to beat that ground, racing to capture those Israelites. I can almost imagine they can see those swords gleaming in the sunlight. I can almost imagine that they can see and feel the heat of those fire-piercing eyes of Pharaoh, of the anger And the vengeance that he has, that he's wanting to take these people and to destroy them. And there they come, and the Bible says there in chapter 14, verse 13, listen to what it says. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. (laughs) Do not be afraid. Come on, you got to have something better than that. (laughs) Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which He will accomplish for you. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. 
forever. Oh my goodness. I can imagine if I'd have been there, I would have probably said, does anybody have a white flag? I probably would have said, run! But what does Moses say? Do not be afraid. Can you imagine? Fear not, as he says. I heard one preacher said this one time. He said, I can just hear the Jewish Johnny Cash singing. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. Egypt is about to stick their swords right in our back ends. <laughs> oh my. I can almost imagine those Israelites looking to Moses and says, Is this the best you got? Fear not. And it gets better. He says, Not only fear not, he says, Stand and stand still. And he says, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, why does Moses give that kind of advice? Why is in the heat of the moment? See, in those moments you cannot panic. In those moments you've got to listen to the voice of God. In those moments, you got to listen the way that He talks to you and speaks to you in a still, small voice. In those moments, it's for the Word of God that begins to remind us of His mighty presence. It's in those moments of where He reminds us, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It is in those moments where I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. It is in those moments that God is speaking to you. And my friends, sometimes He speaks the loudest in the greatest predicaments we're in. And that's exactly what He did here. Timing is everything. And as you begin to notice here, He never parted the Red Sea until they got there. And they started the march. That's when he parted the Red Sea. And my friend, that's exactly the way it is with us. Until you step your foot into the waters, you're not going to see that sea parting. And you're not going to see that predicament, of sal- that salvation in that predicament. But there's a third thing I want to remind you. Not only do you go where he leads you to go, but also you do what he tells you to do. But thirdly, believe what he says he will do. Believe what he says he will do. Chapter 14, verse 9. Turn there just for a moment. God wasn't going to make anything easy for the Israelites. He wasn't going to allow it into a fashion of where they could pat themselves on the back and say, look what we did. No, he made it plain and very clear that there was no other way out except God. And there you began to notice what he says in chapter 14, verse 9. Listen to these words. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea of Pi, Haroth, before Baal, Sophon. 
Think about this for a moment. 600 selected soldiers of Pharaoh. The very best. It was the army rangers. It was the seals. It was the delta force. It was the very, very best to prove that he was going to give them the very worst that they have ever experienced in their life. And all God says here in this passage of Scripture, face the sea and march. And there you begin to see that. Now, no nation has ever done this before. I dare to say that uh, Moses had some type of uh, uh, policy book that says, now this is the way that you demonstrate an exodus in the life of your people. I dare say that he could pick up the phone and call somebody and say, now when you're in this kind of predicament, what do you do? Only thing that Moses could do was just believe what God said. And here you find Moses led them to that mighty, mighty exodus. That great exodus that we know. Simply by doing what God said for them to do. He did exactly what he told them to do. They went exactly where God led them, and they believed exactly the Word of God. And now, of course, you know the story. If you've been a Bible student of any age, you know this story because you've learned it from a childhood up. Moses lifts up the mighty rod. And you remember, he lifts up that mighty rod. And those waters began to part. And there there was dry land, the Bible says. And there those Israelites marched to the other side. And then, of course, the Egyptians right on their heels, right that mighty force of Pharaoh was right on the heels. And there they were running through the Red Sea with their chariots and their horses. And God's mighty hand that held back those tremendous walls of water, releases those waters. And there they find themselves engulfed into that water, and all those 600 men drowned. Oh, I can almost imagine. There on the other side of that Red Sea, that the Israelites started to sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was in Egypt, but now I've been found, and old Pharaoh is in the sea. (laughs) Amazing, amazing of the mighty word. But now I want to remind you that's not the greatest story that took place here. We sometimes stop right there. We sometimes stop and we begin to think, well, that was the end of it. But you remember the Bible says 
that God says, I will be glorified. Even my enemies, the Egyptians, will know my name and they will recognize me and will give glory to my name. Look in verse 25. Look at this just for a moment. What he says. Down toward the middle of it. Let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. The Lord. The God. Of Abraham. Isaac. And Jacob. And Moses. The Lord. Has delivered these people. No other place can you find where... God was so exalted by an enemy as you find it here today. Now, did you notice something here? That all along scattered around the banks of the Red Sea were Egyptian soldiers dead. The Israelites made one of the greatest massive exodus that has ever been taken place in the history of mankind. They did not fire one single shot. They did not kill one Egyptian. They did not well one single sword or one single spear. It was all of the work of Almighty God. Hadn't killed a single man, but God did it because He said He would do it. Now, that's still not the end of the story. Still not the end of the story. Now, Moses had the task of leading no less than two to three million people through the desert for 40 years. Do you realize how long that is? A thousand, I mean, 14,040 24 hours a day, 14,040 days. God had this man by the name of Moses. And he is leading somewhere between 2 and 3 million people. Now, you stop and think about it. Do you realize how much how much food that would take to feed those people. Just one day. It would take no less than 15,000 tons of food to feed those people. But he didn't do it one day. He did it 14,400 days. Now, isn't that amazing? Now, you stop and you think about it. Just firewood alone. Just to be able to feed those people and to keep them warm at night. Take no less than 4,000 tons of firewood a day. 14,040 days. Now, you stop and think about it just for a moment. Have you ever thought about how much water it must have taken for these people to have 
had to use during that time. They had to take baths. They had to drink. They had to have water with their meals. No less than 11,000 tons of water, or 11,000 gallons of water a day. 11,000 gallons of water. Now, you stop and think about it. It gets, it gets even better. When you really stop and you realize the massive number of people that made this exodus. Can you imagine two to three million people crossing the Red Sea at one time? Someone had figured it up like this. That it would require at least marching in a double file line would be 800 miles long. And it would require 30 days and 30 nights to do it. Just to get these Israelites across the Red Sea. Now, if they did it the way that the Bible describes it, they did it in a day that night, that it would require no less than 5,000 abreast, three miles wide in space. A miracle. A predicament, yes. But it certainly was no predicament in the eyes of God. God moved the heavens and the earth. Why? You stop and you think about If these people stopped for encampment, which they did every night, it would take up the size, two-thirds of the size of Rhode Island. A mighty, mighty 750 square miles of bringing these people together. Now, do you think Moses had all that figured out? Do you think he had calculated everything all to the T? No, he didn't. He was brought up to a point and to a place of a predicament that he did not know what to do, but he did know where to turn to. Even though he couldn't turn to the right, he couldn't turn to the left, he couldn't turn to the north or the south, the east or the west, he turned upward. And there God says, just believe me. Trust me. Now you stop and you think about it. This is a picture of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you stop and you think about it. An exodus of the Old Testament is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Red Sea is called the sin. Pharaoh was called death. And what did God do? He hung across the sea of sin. And He made a way of escape for you and me. The greatest miracle of all miracles. The greatest predicament that man has ever been faced with. How do I get to heaven? Because of my sins. Oh, my friend, I want you to understand. God, in His marvelous, marvelous way, described and demonstrated His love, His power, His grace and His care upon His people. 
So the next time you find yourself in a predicament, what are we to do? Believe what God says. Believe the word of the living Lord. Do what He tells you to do. Go where He tells you to go. And my friend, I'll promise you, He will part the Red Sea for you and give you deliverance. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, what a story. Thank you so much for reminding us of the mighty power of Almighty God. Thank you, dear Lord, for demonstrating your faithfulness in the lives of Moses and his people. And Lord, we come together today. Many times we find ourselves in predicaments. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Lord, show us. Help us to do what you want us to do. Help us to go where you want us to go. Help us to believe what you want us to believe. Lord, I believe I'm talking to someone here today. And no doubt, dear Lord, they're finding themselves in a predicament and they don't know what to do. May they do exactly what Moses did. And they find the way of escape and deliverance and rescue as you have proven yourself. Lord, there might be someone here today coming to that Red Sea of sin and certainly it stands in its way to the promised land. A land that you've promised us. A land of milk and honey. Lord, may they come to the cross and find the victory that God has given to them. In the blessed name of Christ, may you move among us. In Jesus we pray. Amen.